0: This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Tropic Thunder. It's a classic.
1: Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. 2009
0: was the release of Tropic Thunder, directed by Ben Stiller, written by Ben Stiller and Justin Theroux and Ethan Cohen, uh, and it's brilliant, it's funny, it still works, and it could not be made today because it is just so offensive. But you gotta look past that. Um, anyway, some idiots broke into the Capitol building this week. And, uh, God, we'll probably talk about it. But I, I hope not too much. Because these people are morons. And we need to get past this. Uh, just get these people in jail and get back to just talking about movies and TV shows. That's my two cents. Let's do the show. You guys ready to go full retard? <laughs>
1: Here we go again, again. Yes.
0: Oh, we're going to talk about the Blackface
2: movie. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> There's so much that should
0: be wrong about this movie, and yet oh, there is man. so much right about if it. If they remade this movie today, who would they hang? <laughs> really? What? We're going to get into that, right? Yeah. Trof- oh, tropic totally. thunder. Totally. Tropic but thunder. first, we should probably discuss that uh, uh, this is the week of the Capitol riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- what somebody described to me is happening on uh, Gen- what December 36, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> yeah. But for the, for the record, uh, and I didn't write this,
2: but I love it. It's, uh, it's not a true coup d'etat because it didn't come from the coup d'etat region of France. So it's really just a sparkling white coup.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, God damn it, that's uh, good.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. Let's do some intros. My name is Brian. This is Chris,
2: and I'm Eric. So, the day after uh, Georgia runoff wins the Senate for the Dems, uh, Trump riles up his QAnon supporters, and they do some real fucking damage. So. Yeah. yeah, the
0: first the day after uh, the first black man is elected senator of Georgia, a Confederate flag is walked through the Capitol building. Yeah. What a coincidence! For the
1: first time in history, I might add. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The you know, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the footage that came out in the days that followed, yes. but it gets pretty scary. And and yeah, you know, if you're chanting "Hang Mike Pence" and yeah. trying to push your way into the Senate chambers. They should just let you walk out of the building and fly home, right? Yeah, That's how we do things? That's so dumb. (laughs) And it's like uh, Mike Pence,
2: the same guy that the people were chanting hang Mike Pence because Trump told him he was a douchebag for not stealing the election. He's like, ah, I really need to wait and see if we're going to invoke that 25th Amendment because, I mean, how far is too far? I just don't get it. I don't fucking get it. So,
1: Yeah, yeah. a friend of mine sent me a, a tweet that says, my tenant, who rents my guest house, told his friends to break into my house. <laughs> they broke a bunch of shit, but thankfully they weren't successful in occupying it, and I got out in time. His lease is up on January 20th anyway, so should I let him finish up his lease, or should I kick him out now? <laughs> it's
2: just a lot of Jesus. shit. But what was the, God, up with the dude with damn. the fucking zip ties? I saw that right after I saw that they'd built oh, a gallows. Oh, you know what that was
0: about. That was about taking hostages. Yeah, it's
2: like, ah, oh, so don't tell me that this was just an innocuous thing. It's just such a fucked up—this is like bonus week 2020— and I'm tired of it. Good Lord. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, instead I watched uh, Tropic Thunder and had a little chuckle. So thank you for that. There Good. You go. Thank you. <laughs> Life needs more chuckle. A <laughs> little yeah. bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So speaking of, uh, did anybody do anything for the fresh shit?
1: Oh, thank God. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. It is fresh. This stuff is really fresh.
0: I actually have quite a bit of fresh shit. Holy crap. Nobody minds. But Go while I have quite a bit of fresh While shit. the country was burning. Go what? No? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I watched, okay, I watched a couple things that are really good, and a couple things that are really crap, and I got to talk about the really crap, because Geostorm is hilariously bad. Oh, he went for Geostorm. I I was like, I'm clicking through all this stuff that's on HBO, and I'm like, no, that's good. No, that's good. (laughs) No, I don't want to see something good. Let's watch (laughs) Geostorm. That'll be fucking That's the one with
2: Gerard Butler, right? That's the yeah the yeah. what's his face you know, from in it's the... a
1: movie with gerard butler we're off to a great start
2: but it's also yeah. directed yeah, by he... dean devlin right
0: is it yeah I think yes. he... yeah so he... that makes so much yeah. sense. yeah so it's basically dean
2: devlin's love letter to his time with uh roland emmerich as a producing partner yeah
0: because it's like a disaster movie almost <clears throat> okay so because of global warming we've put these satellites in orbit to control the weather Uh, And then somebody decides, you know, through, like, very bizarre and uh, Byzantine machinations that they're going to sabotage it and cause all this death all around the world with weather. Because they want to uh, stop
1: the counting of votes. (laughs) The president orders the satellites. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: no. I wouldn't give it that much credit for prescience. Yeah, that (laughs) that would be too realistic. It was more like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was more like they were going to turn the keys over to the international community to this whole project and the usa didn't want to do it so blah 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 blah, hey, blah. this sounds it's basically a it's a very boring political thriller and then in the last half hour it becomes bonkers uh bad sci-fi Is, and it sounds like 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 all of the disaster movie shit happens in the last 10 minutes It sounds
2: like you're describing the, uh, the Avengers movie with Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Cause it was like, uh, 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 what was his, uh, who's the bad guy? Eddie Izzard and Sean Connery. And they had like control of the weather or something. That's what this reminds me of. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Like that. Or, or, uh, Superman three. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: so when all the junk goes down in the last 10 minutes or whatever is, is the The, the really cool
0: shit yeah and it's it's besides you know that's the thing i'm a disaster movie uh just slut i mean i love disaster (laughs) movies and this didn't even give me that instead it was like i said dumb political thriller very bad science fiction they they magically have gravity on the uh, uh space platform i'm like fuck controlling the weather how did you control gravity that's a whole different thing you spin it really fast that's all you have to do is like a centrifuge no no they didn't do that they didn't do that just in space like oh my feet are on the ground okay yeah they they said okay we're now crossing the gravity threshold which (laughs) means you're standing on gravity and then you're not what hey wait a minute so it's a disaster movie with pseudoscience come on that is unbelievable (laughs) something has to mean something that's my my new thing with movies it's like yeah you can let some shit go but something has to mean something everything can't mean nothing. let
2: me ask you this does it have the character who sees what's going on and no one believes them and then they get pushed into service to stop the thing that no one believes is happening
0: it's like I said, it's more of a political thriller okay. where they need two brothers basically need one on the ground, one in uh, in on the space station, which is, of course, Gerard Butler, butler uh, and they have to find out what's going on and save the planet and hoobily boobily. They got to use their wonder twin powers to shut <laughs> down the
1: geostorm. It's like, yeah, it's like okay. a hurricane heist, but not. No, hurricane heist sounds so much more entertaining than this.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. This was like. I I just kept watching it, going, what? I mean, it was like <laughs> worth it for that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it sounds like at the um, end you're
0: just like, gee, a storm, whatever. Yeah. Okay. It was uh, it was th- it was a movie that was just a full on dick move. Okay. Um. <laughs> let's see. There was. Uh, I also watched. Uh, let me see on my list. Uh, I I tried Doom Patrol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First episode I really liked. Second episode I was uh, getting bored. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I
2: think it's because it's all it's set up. I've been watching it too. By about the fourth or fifth episode, it kind of finds a somewhat of a groove. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little off
0: kilter. Because it is really about the what a robot man, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan
1: but, Fraser. Yeah.
0: Brendan sort Fraser. Of. Yes. Well, I. Yeah, is he in this suit or not? No, I don't no, think he is. No, he's not. He's voicing he's it. He's just
2: voicing it. So. Okay. But I, I always liked Doom Patrol because it was sort of the anti-X-Men. It's sort of like if if X-Men were almost like Fantastic Four, but it's DC kind of poking fun at that whole thing. Because yeah. there are people that have powers, but they didn't want them. They weren't born with them. They just sort of happened, and now they're all fucked up because they have these powers that
0: they don't right. want. And that's sort of the gist so it's a good conceit, and in true DC fashion, they got them through magic. Yeah, so um, you
2: know, whatever.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's 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 okay. But you know, so far I'm uh, with episode two, particularly with Cyborg. The guy playing Cyborg is he's terrible. One of the worst actors I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, I
2: don't believe him as Cyborg <laughs> for a minute. But you uh-huh. know, so wait, whatever. We he- have
1: Robot Man and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then just because that's confusing. A- yeah.
0: Yeah, and those two things may sound outlandish, but the most unbelievable thing is the actor playing Cyborg who keeps doing that thing with his hands that actors do when they need some kind of business. Yeah. They sort of, you know, like flip their their hand up to the left or to the right. And it doesn't make yeah. sense on a podcast, but go watch episode two. But he's got these like giant
2: metal hands because he's Cyborg and that's what's distracting. It's like, mm-hmm. just yeah, stop, man. Just less is more. Less is more.
0: <laughs> less is more. <laughs> uh but yeah, if, and the, oh, sorry, if ahead.
2: you stick it out though, it does even out somewhat as they kind of find what they want to do with the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm like five episodes in and I'm still kind of waiting for whatever's supposed to happen for the season to kind of gel, but
0: right. Know, whatever. And I like just about anything with, uh, James Bond in it. Timothy Dalton. You know, he was my favorite Bond. He didn't get enough of a chance. Well, I mean,
2: he got twice as many as Lazenby, so, I mean, that's something, I guess.
0: Whatever. Well, he's, he was, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes.
2: Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, it's what you get when you cast a Welshman as, a, as James Bond. I mean, that's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> They've gotten someone, like, like, someone from every corner of the empire has been Bond, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what, Brosnan, he's Irish. Yeah uh uh, connery, uh, scottish. uh, uh connery scottish more more is 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 british like like english yeah. and uh, uh 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 sean connery is from new jersey <laughs> not anymore and, and that and lazen b was australia yeah yeah that's that's uh, yeah yeah okay so that makes sense yeah, okay so the next
1: bond will be from india what we're saying we, we, and we and and trans yeah. okay
0: and identify as uh, a, a, a cantaloupe. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, the virtue signaling is getting out of hand. Uh, uh, and the final thing I watched, uh, King of Staten Island. I was pleasantly surprised. Really,
1: this is the one with the that guy from Saturday Night Live. I can't yes. remember his yeah, name. Yeah, Pete Davidson. Pete, David, Pete Davidson.
0: Pete Davidson. Right. And the thing is, it's and it's a Judd Apatow movie and it's probably his best film that's not a comedy this is this is a a a very smart drama with a lot of funny parts but it's not a comedy
1: now isn't this supposed to actually be like a fictionalization of pete davidson's actual life
0: not exactly i mean like he has a dad who who died who was a fireman but you know not 9 11 it's like okay Pete Davidson wrote it and I'm sure he drew on experiences and whatnot, but, uh, Hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not exactly about him. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of like Eminem in eight mile, you know, he's, (laughs) he's doing what he knows. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not something I think for laughs. It's just, you know, the story behind this is you need to deal with your shit. And I love that he is kind of a loser whose problem is he hasn't dealt with his shit. And by the end of it, he does. And it doesn't tell you what the right thing is for him to do with his life. It, it, it just tells you, you know, he, we don't know what's going to happen to him by the end. We just know that he has sort of solved his issue. And I like that. And even though it's like two and a half hours long, it's actually very lean. It's like there's there's no wasted space in in the movie. Hmm. Uh, Which means
1: those early drafts were just ridiculous.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's 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 like everything made sense being in the film. So, yeah, I'm not really sure where all that time went. It didn't feel like two and a half hours. I guess is, you know. Unlike Geostorm. It's the obvious conclusion. unlike yeah, unlike Geostorm. <laughs> unlike Geostorm, right. Which had like <laughs> 20 minutes of story and uh, yeah. a lot of, you know, cliche, but. Okay. There's one thing I, I really love. Oh, and Bill Burr is in it. Bill Burr is fast becoming one of my favorite actors. And um, there's a scene in there where he, uh, uh, Pete Davidson, goes to Bill Burr's ex-wife to get dirt on him so that he can get his mom to break up with him and then they cut to bill burr screaming at him about what did you do that for they didn't write the 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 cliche scene of him telling the mom the information that we already know and i was like that's that's smart you know (laughs) Cut to the chase to the effect of yeah okay and and i realized most of this film is that most of this film is just consequences not you know not the the scene we've all seen it's it's really about what happens after what's the result of robbing the pharmacy what's the result of you know fucking with the guy who's <laughs> who's actually good for your mom it's mm. yeah it's a it's a great drama that's funny at times a
2: dramedy and
0: i laughed out loud i laughed myself stupid at some parts but it is not a comedy okay i think i think it might Unexpected. have been mismarketed. yeah so yeah.
1: king of staten island worth watching
0: definitely yeah.
1: says you will says me. we'll be the judge of that if and when we ever decide to watch it eh. <laughs> it's kind of made my shortlist when i've been looking for something anything to watch yeah once in a while so yeah. it could happen
0: as, although it's- I will say it starts slow, but then again, I think that's, you know, it matches the pace. It's, okay. it's not a, a, a gangbusters comedy. It's not Stripes.
2: So don't put it on right before you think you're going to go to bed.
0: Right. Okay. I actually, as I was watching it, I, I the first thing I said was, I'm bored. <laughs> and my wife was like, well, fuck you, or let's we're going to get her another couple of minutes. Yeah, so, good for her. Because you made me watch this. <laughs> good for her. So- <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Yeah. All right. I don't
2: really have much, so I can go uh, next if you guys want to talk about stuff. Go for it. Uh, I will say this. We, we found a good deal on this streaming service called Curiosity Stream. It's like all documentaries. It's like 12 bucks for the year. So it's a screaming deal. Okay. And there's so much cool content on it if you like that sort of stuff. History, science, nature, whatever. But we found this one show called Antarctica, A Year on Ice, which basically chronicles people that live down there all year as support crew for... Uh, the stations down there, but it's not like all science. Like one woman runs the the actual store where people buy like food stuff. Like a trading and post, general yeah, store basically like kind a general store. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's like it's so it's not all like the huge science-y stuff. Uh, but it basically chronicles the people that are down there year round and how fucking weird it is down there because six months of the year it's totally black, <laughs> and then like three months of the year it's like normal. And then three months of a year, it's like this weird dusky, and like the northern lights are all over the place, and they all get a little stir crazy, because it's you're in the middle of nowhere on the most isolated continent on the
1: planet. It's just fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> so basically, they live in 2020 at all times. Basically, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like a small
2: town <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, and like once a month, you get like hurricane force winds roll through on these massive storms, Ooh. and yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, it looks intriguing to live there, but at the same time, I'm like, "Oh fuck no!" There's no way that I would ever. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you can find it, I would recommend Antarctica Year on Ice because it's just, it's it's an interesting look at uh, something that you normally wouldn't ever think about, which is living on Antarctica. So, it's uh, it's fun,
0: and and you can only watch it by subscribing to this. Fetish uh, Plus uh, or whatever you say. Yeah, Curiosity
2: Stream. I don't know. You you can probably find it elsewhere. That's just where we found it. So you know, (laughs)
1: Fetish Plus. Yeah, Fetish Plus. That's (laughs) that sounds like like a Golden
2: Showers site. So
1: Curiosity Stream. There could be some confused (laughs) folks out there who accidentally subscribe. trust me,
2: trust me. There's no. uh,
0: Yeah, I heard Curiosity and I was like, uh oh. Uh,
2: So that that was sort of my uh, my educational enrichment for the week. Uh <laughs> but uh other but other than that I kind of I went back and just like Eric just looking for just shit you can turn your brain off to because what a week and uh revisited a couple of early 90s big studio comedies just for shits and giggles. Uh, so I went back and right. rewatched City Slickers, which I haven't seen since the theater. Ooh, how like,
1: did that age? Uh,
0: not <laughs> terrible, but it's still just. Eh? I get more of the Baby humor. Baby boomers dealing yeah. with middle age. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I remember it as sort of like almost the film version of a dad joke. Yeah, basically. But when I'm watching it now, it's like I'm I'm
2: way older than i was when it came out uh and billy crystal's in the movie lamenting the fact that he's turned 39 and i just and i laughed oh, i laughed at myself like oh that's cute you know it's like <laughs> uh but i did understand a lot more of his uh internal crises uh than i did when i was 20 when it came out so mm. you know uh but it's all right just-
0: my, my note to, to every guy, if you have a midlife crisis, you've lived your life wrong. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. A midlife crisis is basically a way of saying, I didn't get to do all the shit I wanted to do, so now I'm going to do yeah. it because I realize I'm going to die. It's like, yeah, you should have been living your life right. Up until yeah, well, I that's think why that's I also. Oh one. wait,
1: I finally have the financial ability to do some of that shit. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, yeah,
0: but those are like weird ones, <laughs> you know. That you know, <laughs> they're not spiritual. No, means. I finally get a Bugatti. You yeah. know, no, but yeah, uh but- I, these are usually guys who like fuck yeah. their. Well, no one has a secretary anymore. They they fuck their ad manager client yeah. or uh
1: intern. There you go. Well, in the yeah, in the movie yeah.
0: Daniel Stern. uh Like is in a shitty
2: marriage with his wife, henpecked, etc., and then it like blows up that he's had an affair with like his twenty year old stock girl at the grocery store he manages that's owned by his wife's father, and then there's like a whole thing early on that's an uncomfortable public meltdown, and that's before they all decide to go on their cow rustling trip uh, for two weeks, and then like Jack Palance shows up as the the surly. Cowhand who scares them all mm-hmm. and the minute he shows up i'm like oh so by this movie's time i'm like within about 10 days this guy's dead and that's all i could think about when i was watching the movie because the surprise is gone <laughs> when you've seen it it's like oh jack pounds is gonna die and then i remembered that he got nominated for an academy award for best supporting actor and i think he won that year for it and he's only on screen for, for like slickers. yeah for like 10 minutes i mean it's like what <laughs> it's like the only thing more ridiculous yeah, is the same with uh, hannibal lecter yeah. But it's, like, Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glen Ross. I mean, it's, like, really?
1: this is, like, thematically consistent with Tropic Thunder and Nick Nolte character, but we'll get there. Yeah, so it's, like, Uh, come on. (laughs) So, I mean,
2: City Slickers, parts of it are still amusing, but overall it's just, like, big-time obvious studio comedic fun, Uh, which rolled me into My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Oh, Oh, this is where
1: Steve Martin is playing a mob guy and has color in his hair
2: yeah he's got like a gray salt and pepper crew cut. uh wears the suits and stuff but he's he's basically henry hill from goodfellas already in witness protection uh and then the shenanigans he gets into uh
0: and all of the sort of italian stereotypes that are just not and steve martin
2: is so (laughs) wrong for that role it's just astonishing uh how bad he is but i didn't know this yeah
0: when i when I knew he was going to be in it I thought that meant it was going to be completely goofy yeah. like almost a send up of this but he, you know but he plays it way of, too straight uh
2: yeah and it's just there's not any there there but I didn't know this until after I'd seen it that it okay it's written by Nora Ephron uh but I didn't realize that she's married to Nicholas Pileggi who's the guy that wrote the book about Goodfellas and then co-wrote the <laughs> screenplay for Goodfellas and they were both drawing hmm. on the same uh research for Henry Hill. Uh,
0: and what's further
2: is, so then you're thinking, this, cause, so this is like a weird not-sequel sequel to Goodfellas.
1: Steve Barton's yeah. Goodfellas. It's
2: so strange. And then, but My Blue Heaven... and
1: Crazy Fellas. Yeah.
2: But My Blue Heaven came out like three months before Goodfellas in the same year, 1990. So it's like, it's like, when you watch it now, it's like, okay, so this is just like a spiritual sequel to Goodfellas, but it actually is... Not because it came out before. It's like this weird, fucked up. Like a-
0: it only, it only came out before because it didn't have like the production value of a Martin Scorsese yeah, film. Basically, come on. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> if they were in a race, yeah. I think. Uh- so that
2: was just strange. So now it's like that set me on like what other shitty nineties, early nineties comedy can I watch? Uh, I might watch the Hard Way next with Michael J. Fox and James Woods, but we'll see. Ooh, yeah. So more to come on that maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: i passed the mic all right so uh video game update i finished immortals phoenix rising um Fen- that's a good rising. one. phoenix rising phoenix f e n y yeah. x whatever it's it's good <laughs> but the voice acting is so bad and never gets better it's these really thick greek accents which apparently some of the actors are in fact greek so we're doing this like kind of racist thing, but we're also Greek, so maybe we're getting away with I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you pass the voice acting. That's a good game.
2: I gotta tell you, Brian, it's all Greek to me, really.
1: <laughs> Dad
2: joke number oh,
1: five! Oh, yay. <laughs> um, but the real thing that's been going on, so I was I was playing Demon Souls on the PlayStation 5, and that was a game that I thought I was gonna bounce right off of, because really, I'm just a graphics tart, and I wanted the next-gen graphics, and I knew the game was too long for me, I knew the game was too... Hard for me and too like frustrating, Thick. and you just kinda have to grind and grind and it totally got me. I got hooked by this goddamn thing. Um so I cracked out on Demon's Souls over the break, and I beat it on Christmas Day, and then I'm like, <laughs> I need more, I need my junk. So and, So wait,
2: wait, let me get this straight. So yeah. uh all through Christmas you were hooked on demons
0: holes.
1: Close. Okay. <laughs> Go with that. Just, okay. <laughs> Demons. And it was long and
0: it was hard. Yeah.
1: So, yes. It's some yes, sort of fetish you.
2: stream going on over here. I tell you what.
1: <laughs> so The whole thing about these games is that they're really ridiculously difficult and full of cheap traps. And the dopamine rush you get is for learning where all the traps are and then just going in and disassembling the whole thing and be like, no, fuck you, game. Um <laughs> Yeah. So so I downloaded uh, Dark Souls 3, which was the, one of the more recent games from that series. And it's not as good as Demon's Souls, I got to say. Um, the graphics, of course, aren't as good because it's a PlayStation 4 game. But it really doesn't look as good as some of the better looking PlayStation 4 games. Everything looks like it's sort of painted styrofoam. It's got this kind of flat, not believable look to it. Um and the other thing that it that it does try to do is it tries to have this sort of it's more linear, you know, you're you're moving through the world uh from play, point A to point B. And the nice thing about Demon's Souls was that there were kind of like these five different worlds you could hop between. So when you get stuck or irritated, you can go somewhere else and make progress in the game without just feeling like you were up against the thing that was gonna just put you put the game on the shelf and screw this. But um, I needed my methadone, and Dark Souls Three's been my methadone, and I'm I'm cranking through that now. <laughs>
0: it's j- Dark Souls Three. This time it's personal, right? Uh, <laughs>
1: so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I mean, there's movies. worse ways to spend time, right? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm having a good time, and okay. it is it is kind of a social thing. I've got some friends that are playing through it as well, and so we we get online and we yeah. bitch about the game and share strategies and whatnot. Yeah.
2: I'm
0: a 32nd um, level
1: mate. Yeah. <laughs> My movie, so back to our, our ongoing series of Brian catching up on movies from the first decade of the century okay. that he somehow missed. Mm. Um, This week's entry in that that series is Stardust from 2007.
0: Okay, that was a that was a nifty film. It's got I moments. I liked it. I liked it. It, it was, was fun. Yeah. Very Neil Gaiman.
1: Yeah. yeah, written by Neil Gaiman, directed by Matthew Vaughn, starring Charlie Cox, who would go on to be Daredevil in yeah, the Netflix series. Isn't that weird? Series. Like you watch it now, and you're like, holy shit, that's Daredevil. It's just, yeah. And and, and yeah. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. No, not Claire Danes. And yeah, and Claire featuring Danes. Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, Mark Strong, and Peter O'Toole. Yeah, uh, this is a full-on high fantasy done well with witches and sky pirates.
2: Yeah, my only complaint about it is it's like it wants to be a Gilliam movie so bad you can yep. just you yeah. can tell,
1: yeah. and it, it
2: almost gets there but not quite.
1: It did remind me of Time Bandits. Yeah, pretty hard. So, yeah. At times, it reminded me of Princess Bride. I'm kind of shocked that this isn't a modern, like, you know, cult movie like. This really seems like the kind of movie that, I don't know, teenagers, teenage girls in particular, would have really sunk their teeth into in 2007. Yeah. And it just didn't get its due. I think it just got like swallowed up by all the other stuff that came out
2: around that year. Because, you know, it did all right at the box office, but it, yeah, it definitely didn't make
0: a splash. It didn't become a cult film. You yeah. think maybe it's because it's steampunk, but not steampunk enough. Maybe, yeah. It's like I'd the buy people that. who like steampunk would go, Buh, "Yeah, whatever." With your, you know, weak ass steampunk, and and the people who don't like it go, "It's kind of weird how they they have machines that can do shit like this."
1: Oh, yeah. well, it's it's definitely worth a second look. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. It's called Stardust, and uh, yeah, good. Good stuff all around. Good cast, good production, good good writing.
0: Just nobody cared. Fun <laughs> <One> old time. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. It happens. It's kinda like this show. I d and I do see it is almost always available on streaming services. Yeah. It's like one of those go to movies. It's just always available. <laughs> well, it's probably kinda like little... time bandits. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> yeah. just
2: the rights are cheap, so what the hell? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so watch it, you fools. Yeah, you yeah. doofuses. You dingus yeah you filthy animals (laughs) all right and that's all i got this week
1: let's get on with the show oh let's shall we
2: i want to talk about the blackface man
0: yes
1: i can't believe they got away (laughs) with
0: tropic thunder right wow came out in 2009 uh opened in august of 2009 it was the fifth highest grossing R-rated film of the year, but it got kind of a reputation for being a bomb because it was so expensive. Yeah. You remember it, all the talk it about it when it budget. came out? It doubled
1: yeah. it, it was budgeted at 90 mil, pulled in like like 192 mil. Worldwide. And apparently was being hyped by the island of Kauai because they shot it there. And they were like, you know, hey, it's still it's still viable to make a movie on the island, come here. And it was supposed to have been the most expensive production on Kauai ever, which shocks me because that's where they shoot Jurassic Park. Yeah,
2: <laughs> huh? but Jurassic Park is mostly
1: CGI. So Right. So maybe it. It. it's the most money spent on the yeah. island. Well, yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: and there were a lot of practical explosions and stuff. So, Eric,
2: uh, give us the lowdown on what this is. Yeah, give us the lowdown on Tropic Thunder for those still not in the know.
0: So basically, this is about uh, a guy making a war film, uh, and and all of these self-involved actors that are in it, and they each sort of play a a an archetype of silly, self-involved actors. The action hero the comedy guy who has the franchise of silly comedy movies the overly serious academy award winning actor they're all in this ensemble war film and they get shut down because they've gone over budget after the first day of an ef- <laughs> because on the yeah, because of an effect that misfires and go so horribly wrong that they just say fuck it we're gonna stop this oh i mean the effect so went off nick fine. Nolte, it was the
1: actors weren't ready because they were being big dumbasses yeah actor well yeah. yeah
0: but nick nolte who wrote the book that the film is based on uh tells the director what you need to do is get these guys in a dangerous situation and you know so that they really feel this and Steve Coogan is the director. He takes them all out into the middle of the jungle and says, Okay, we've put up all these cameras to film you, gorilla style. So just go through the notes and do it yourself. Very Blair Witch. Well, Steve Coogan dies almost instantly by stepping on a landmine that happens to be out there. And these actors, who are idiots, get lost in the jungle and end up stumbling into the golden triangle of heroin production in <laughs> Southeast Asia. And from there, hilarity ensues. Yeah. <laughs> and, and does
2: it ever. And for some. the record, the, uh, the main sticking point for this movie is the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is playing... Post-Iron Man. Yeah, same year that Iron Man came out. But he's playing... First film he made after Iron Man. Yeah, he's playing uh, a white actor, obviously, who has augmented his skin so that he can play a black sergeant in the Vietnam War uh, movie that they're making. And he's so method, he,
0: even, he won't break character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even when the cameras aren't rolling, he's talking like this. I'll cook up some crawl yeah. turn yeah. hell home.
1: Why is everybody all obsessed with the math? Because we're tired of being your trap donkeys, acting like you some one-man GPS? God
2: damn it! We lost! We fucking super lost, man! Tell them, McCluskey. Tell them what time it is. I
1: don't believe you people
2: what do you mean you
0: people what do you mean you people huh? I, and the other actual black actor keeps talking at him like what that's how we talk is that how we talk really and yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, yeah so 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 robert downey jr is in blackface for the whole movie yeah. and in fact it, it is, in part, a spoof on Robert Downey Jr., who is that method. And there's a line where the actor says, you know, I don't break character till after I, I record the DVD commentary. The DVD commentary for Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr., is in character <laughs> as <Yeah>. this guy. <laughs> yeah. The whole commentary,
0: because yeah, it's funny. It's it's
1: amazing <laughs> that he does it and gets away with it.
0: Well, not only that, but he gets he got nominated, nominated for yeah. best supporting, yeah. Yeah. which is the for biggest irony too. at so all. It's not like he was vilified. Yeah, yeah. And it's so There's stupid. No
1: canceling Robert Downey Jr. for his blackface movie in two thousand and eight. Yeah, but here's the what thing: the It's like
2: they they screened it for NAACP groups, uh, and for the most part, they just didn't get any objections they said yeah that's they get the joke because the whole thing for his character is that it's how hollywood is so self-absorbed that they don't even think twice about casting a white dude as a black man and have it not be distasteful it's like that's the whole point of that character and then through the course of the film he starts to understand oh wait maybe i've lost my goddamn mind (laughs) you know what i
0: mean which is actually part of the disturbing thing of cancel culture which is there is no allowance for irony yeah i mean do you know how i don't know how many times the n word is used in roots but i know every time it's justified right right It's not the word, it's the usage. And in this case, yeah, a guy's in blackface, not to make fun of blacks, not to entertain you with, you know, their silly jive talking, but to make fun of a guy who doesn't get it.
1: Well, and and they get away with it in part because they have an actual African-American character who is the voice of everybody who's like, hey, fuck you, man, and says it on screen to the guy's <laughs> face right be- and he has the epiphany by the end to knock it off yeah
2: well the beauty you know, of the that interaction with the <laughs> that actor al pacino is the character he's like a, a rap star who's hawking his booty juice booty juice uh yeah. energy drink and and whatever the nut job bar whatever so he's just full-on cash-grabbing rapper dude uh doing a movie But he keeps confronting Robert Downey Jr.'s character and keeps calling him all manner of just Australian insults that Australians would not find funny. So it's basically this weird reversal. Almost it's sort of like, well, you're going to put on blackface, but I'm still going to berate you like you're, you know, beneath me. It's like this weird appropriation.
1: Robert Downey Jr. gets away with being an incredibly stereotypical Australian later in the movie as well. Yeah. What the crikey fuck or something like that. He's yeah.
2: Well, he was supposed to be Irish was how they originally conceived it, but he felt better doing the Australian accent. He was more comfortable with it. Uh, so they just switched it up. Uh, but the inspiration for the character, it was like, uh, like Russell Crowe, Daniel Day-Lewis and a little bit of, uh,
0: that's what I
1: thought. Russell. Yeah. He actually says it in an interview. He was, he was doing Russell Crowe, Daniel Day-Lewis and one other guy. Yeah. And uh, um, Colin, Colin Farrell, I think. Colin it was. Farrell, that, yeah. So, <laughs> but now, it's, it's, a, it's interestingly, a role. while this while this makes everybody uncomfortable, and that's the point. What actually got protested in this movie was its treatment of the mentally disabled. Yes,
0: and again, uh, Ben Stiller plays an action hero uh, of of several shit action films. Ben Stiller is playing Tom. His Cruise. sort of He's Tom Academy Cruise. Award attempt was to play Slow Jack. Simple Jack. A, a, simple Jack. Simple Jacks. A, a, a uh, mentally challenged retard who, um, oh like how he did that? Who, uh, yeah, who yeah, cares for horses. And the, the, the movie was a big bomb. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. has this to say to Ben Stiller about why he didn't get an Academy Award nomination. You like how I set this up? Yes. Yep. Everybody knows you never go full retard. What do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman,
2: Man, look retarded, act retarded. Not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards. Autistic. Sure. Not retarded. And you got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Slow, yes, retarded maybe. Braces on his legs. But he charmed the pants off next to him. And he won a ping pong competition. That ain't retarded. And he was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? You went full, retard man. Never go for retard. You don't buy that. That's Sean Penn, two thousand one. I am Sam. Remember, went for retard. Went home empty handed. It's so funny to watch that interaction too because, uh, yeah, a he's got a point. You know, Forrest Gump. Yeah, people like it because it's just sort of almost, you know, entertainment, passive. Uh, And he names off all the ones, like Peter Sellers and being there, etc. And then you get to Sean Penn and I Am Sam and it's like, yeah, that's the demarcation. It's like, people are uncomfortable (laughs) seeing actors actually pull it off to the point where they're just not fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that it's a guy in blackface who's totally oblivious to the fact that he's being (laughs) on the other end of insulting berating this other actor for doing this. is like, what in the fuck is going on? I love the layering that they do that they don't even throw in your face. It's just sort of like, there it is. Yeah, it's all stupid. It's all ridiculous. You're all a bag of assholes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Ben Stiller is playing the Tom Cruise character and we, we can't let it... There's a lot of up-and-comers in this movie, but there's also a lot of just big celebrity cameos, the most astonishing of which... Is Tom Cruise yes Tom Cruise yeah. is playing um Les Grossman no, Les Grossman <laughs> the unbelievable studio head who is just all power and all threats this is Les Grossman who is this this is flaming black Oh okay flaming dragon fuck face first take a big step back and literally fuck your own face Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there, and I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Did you uh, find out who that was? I mean, it's a little hard to watch Les Grossman after having sat through four years of a President Trump because yeah. it's kind of that, but it's so I, funny. I
0: thought, yeah, I thought of uh, Weinstein. Yeah,
1: also Weinstein, absolutely. Tom Cruise He's is basically Weinstein. one of the only actors who has the kind of clout that he can just give a big huge on-screen fuck you to every studio head yeah. and get away with it well, yet another thing this movie should not be able to do but does yeah i remember walking
2: out of it just going oh i really fucking hate tom cruise but i loved him in this movie i mean it was that like was that sort of revelation reaction. i'm like god damn it cuz he went in and he's got like the big meaty paws i mean they put all these weird prosthetics on him so he's just got these giant hands
0: that are just so hairy and he's bald that you know is funny suit. yeah when Ben Stiller came to him and said, "I want you to play this part," first he laughed and then he said, "I think he has really big hands." <laughs> no, no, and ben no, Stiller no. You're was wrong like, about that. That's weird. Ben
1: Stiller approached him to play Ben Stiller's agent. The character was Tom Cruise's idea.
2: Yeah,
0: he said. And oh, really? Yeah, said, don't, I said I just Stiller. knew about the big hands. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. Tom Cruise basically said, "Well, you need a like a a studio guy in there because otherwise, it's not really going to." have the same punch for being a hollywood satire and so they'd sort of like oh yeah sure go and then cruise fucking ran with it holy
1: shit so so uh. they, the the movie is in addition to all of this it is a vietnam war movie right yes. ben stiller gets away with shooting all the vietnam movies Sort of parody style, but not. I mean, it's it's funny and it's silly, but it's also a competently made Vietnam War movie, just with these ridiculous characters with these ridiculous motivations. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: it has all of the stereotypical—not stereotypical. It has all of the Pat '60s music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. The yeah Watchtower um, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all Buff- of it. Buffalo Springfield, yeah, it's all there. Stop. Say what's that sound? Everybody look. Yeah. What's going down? But
2: I like the fact that yeah, he made it, but it's also almost like uh, deliverance. It's like Southern Comfort. If you remember that one, Walter Hill with the National Guardsmen basically get stalked by the grumpy hillbillies while they're on maneuvers. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ned
0: Beatty gets ass fucked. Yeah,
2: it's uh, uncommon valor. It's, it's like Rambo. It's like every fucking Vietnam war movie rolled into this and it's just it's like a precision strike <laughs> on all of the tropes and if you can't get away if you've seen enough of these Vietnam war movies it's like man this is probably the best one that could have ever made and they
1: don't they don't pull back on the gore effects like they they go for the full on gore effects they go for the big explosions they go for i mean it's it, it and what's be- genius about it is because of the premise Anything that they do that looks kind of lame is excused by the premise, yeah. right? So movie in a movie. If yeah. Ben's, yeah, if Ben Stiller's character does like this shitty little barrel roll, you know, somersault thing when a helicopter explodes, that's because his character sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I love the fact the way they have it set up too with
2: the characters because you've so we've gone uh, Stiller and R. D. J. and then you've got Jack Black in the third build role uh, as the comic actor jeff portnoy but he's like a fucking heroin addict going through just some weird like because he because he loses all his drugs and he's in the middle of the golden triangle
0: and it's like what the i never i didn't catch it my uh my wife caught it when we were watching it that he perfectly uh captures coke jaw yeah when you have when you are really like you know coke to the gills and you start doing that grindy thing with your teeth yeah so basically, he's a, a
2: an addict in the middle of a crisis because he's lost all his drugs in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but when you watch the movie again and you're kind of absorbing not only the jokes but you're kind of looking more at the stuff going on. It's like so basically, Jack Black is playing a version of Robert Downey Jr before his career went <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> and it's like, holy fuck. You know, it's like all these weird layers that kind of reinforce each and, other. It's and so doing strange. a
1: fantastic job of it. Like, yeah. this is one of the better Jack Black movies. Yeah, um, I would say so. And so, he's also ragging on Eddie Murphy and like his nutty professor shtick when he plays yeah. all the roles in the different- The, the fatties. Ugh. Yeah, so we should, we should just take a, take a quick pause. The movie starts with fake trailers. For yes. the projects that which all of these actors me. are
0: are from. Yeah. in the theater, they're, utterly fooled so
1: me. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start off with, um, I think actually we start pussy off with Juice. Al Pacino's yeah song. Yeah, uh, I love that. I want that pussy. Which at the time was supposed to be just like a, an exaggeration, but, but it was in the age of you know wet ass pussy being a big hit we're kind of past that right like now it's not parody it's just yeah okay it's one of those yeah booty juice yeah i can buy some of that you know um and then we get um uh, i can't remember if we do the the ben stiller scorcher scorcher Scorcher. six global meltdown is ben stiller's character's name
0: yeah (laughs) Nobody thought he could do it again in Scorcher 2. They thought he couldn't, you know, make it happen in Scorcher 3. Again. And they were, yeah, they were beyond belief that he did it five more times. <laughs> now, the one man who made a difference five times before is about to make a difference again. Only this time. It's different. Who left the fridge open? Tug Speedman. Scorcher 6. Global Meltdown. Here we go again. Yeah. Again. And you
2: watch that, and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. That's a joke. It's ridiculous. But now we are literally in the age where there's like 40 Fast and Furious films. So right. it, they yeah. totally nailed it, I think. Faster and,
0: yeah. and still more furious. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, Remember when we laughed in Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man when there was a billboard for Die Hard 4? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They'll make same same more thing, Die Hard. right. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. And then, uh, and then it follows up with, and I love the fact that they do the right studio uh, tags in front of these as well. So that right. one was like uh, mm-hmm. was what Universal, and then they go to the Fox Searchlight doing the gay monks in the medieval yeah, times Robert with, Jr. with, and with Robert Downey Wire. Jr. <laughs> recreating their uh, chemistry from Wonder Boys,
0: which is another inside <laughs> joke, which is hilarious. They and and I I love the bit where it's like you know what's his name Kurt Lazarus yeah from is uh, Downey's character Kurt wait five time Academy Award winner Kurt Lazarus. And MTV Best Kiss Award winner <laughs> Toby, Toby McGuire. Time McGuire,
2: Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus, and MTV Movie Award Best Kiss winner Toby Maguire.
1: Apparently, they had Toby McGuire for all of two hours for
2: this movie. <laughs> yeah, which works. <laughs> and then they go into the the Fatties uh, Fart Two, which is basically just Jack Black playing all the characters, like he, like Eddie Murphy in the Clumps, right? Uh, and then farting on cue. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's all it is, and it's so pitch perfect for just the dumb summer family comedy, whatever. And it's just they nailed it. And the way that I saw it in the theater was they don't do any now your feature. They just rolled it right on the end of every single trailer that had come before. Yeah. And so you don't even get that. You're like,
1: what the hell is going on? Because <laughs> they're so pitch perfect. Yeah. So that 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 is some some brilliant. Exposition and characterization by just giving well, you the whole set, set up and who these characters are and what kind of movies they make and then you're just and what universe
0: it. they live yeah, in yeah. that all three of these films or all three of the all four of these previews make sense yeah. in a yeah. certain way. Well, it's With booty juice and all well, that. Well, it's
2: good shorthand for the characters as well, so they don't have to do a whole lot to develop them. Uh, they can get drop you in. But I like the fact that. Justin Thoreau was one of the co writers of the movie, and they committed so hard to this world within a world that they actually made a 30 <laughs> minute right. documentary about the making of <laughs> Tropic like a heart Thunder. of Darkness. Yeah. About tropic Thunder. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like what was it called? Reign of Madness. Uh, And it's literally like would, it would be a perfect documentary now episode because it's 30 minutes and it's pitch perfect where they talk about Steve Coogan's director sort of just falling
0: off the edge and then getting blown up. as <laughs> the movie. So, you know, interesting, interesting thing in the party in the beginning, in the first act, there's like that party yeah. before, you know, or, or the, the day of the, mm-hmm. the miffed explosion. There's a party, and the DJ who's spinning records is Justin Thoreau in his dreadlock from uh, wig. From yeah. Zoolander. From No! So they have a shared universe. <laughs> yeah. They have, they have connected these universes with one shot. Yeah. That's awesome. Times. It's good
1: times. So the movie also has a lot of up-and-comers, and uh, the context in which I watch this, so I'm almost finished. I mentioned it on an episode a while back. I've been watching Man Seeking Woman mm-hmm. with Jay Baruchel. Yeah. And I'm down to the last episode of that. We had watched that before dinner, had dinner, and then watched Tropic Thunder, and there's Jay Baruchel all over this movie. And it's hard for me not to see him as his character from the show. <laughs> but he's he's the he's the like the nerd and he's the, the voice one guy of reason. Who d- Yeah, did his homework and went to the actor yeah. boot camp and read
0: the script. And understands and how insane their situation yeah. is.
1: Well, it's also though, but he's
2: also a a, a take on the trope of the new guy in the platoon that's the first to get killed because he's green and right you know and in the beginning in the movie within a movie his character like gets disemboweled <laughs> and so he's like pulling his guts out and screaming while the man is going on and then in the actual adventure they have later he's the one that ends up getting shot so it's like they, they just stick to it to a they t stuck to and it it's like yeah. that's amazing to me it's a little detail and you wouldn't even care normally but it's like they really really just hewed very closely to what they were doing. It's well, astonishing.
1: It's actually a super tight script. Like every setup gets a spike at some point in this movie. Like they, they and, and that's more surprising when you read the, the interviews because apparently it's over 50% improvised. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: um, <clears throat> well, not only that, like the original cut was like three hours and <laughs> Stiller had to cut it down to 90 minutes. It's like, that's astonishing to me. It's like how much stuff ended up on the floor. Oh, uh, so other up and I comers. Watch?
1: Bill Hader is Tom Cruise's. It was a director's cut. I wonder what was in it. It's only like oh. twenty extra minutes. So who knows? Huh. I mean, there is a director's cut on the DVD, but I don't think they added that much back. Yeah. It was just like a couple minutes. Um, Bill Hader is another up and comer. He's Tom Cruise's um toady assistant, who's basically like his hype man and just says everything he said. Yeah. Back S- at you. Yeah. Seriously, a nutless monkey could do your job. <laughs> like, but uh, Danny McBride shows up as Danny McBride. I mean, as yeah. the Pyrotechnics guy. That was a good year for him because that was also
2: when right around the same month that Pineapple Express came out. So that was like, he, yeah. he was suddenly like, boom, this, like, okay, he's on the scene now.
1: It's basically the same character. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he, it's funny too because his whole deal is. Like, you know, he's really into blowing shit up big, right? He's, he's a pyromaniac. And every, every film credit he references in conversation is like the most benign, you know, like, what, back when driving Miss Daisy, I want that shit to go down again. You know, he's like that. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, when he, he mentions that he, uh, he blew something up. On uh, Freaky Friday and almost killed Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, <laughs> it's like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't have this on my record again. I like later on. When he's like, "This is when this is over. I'm moving over to catering." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So
1: yeah, this is this is a really funny, fun, awesome movie. I I am so glad yeah. you picked it, Eric, because yeah. I needed yeah. this movie this week.
0: <laughs> I f- I I just I forgot how good it is. I knew it was funny, but I was like, and I knew that the, the political correctness of it, of our times wouldn't allow for it. But I'm like, is it still actually funny? Fuck? Yes, it is. Well, yeah. Cause it's, it holds cause up. Cause it's, it's the good kind of satire.
2: Uh, you yeah. know, but it's also poking fun at so many different sacred cows, uh, that it gets kind of in your face from time to time, which is what good satire does. uh, But I saw an interview with Downey, I guess from earlier this year, I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast or something, but he was talking about how Stiller approached him and told him the idea and Downey's first reaction was, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And Stiller's reaction to that was, I know, right? Isn't it great? <laughs> so that was the kind of enthusiasm they were rolling in with it. And then I guess yeah. Downey had like told his folks about it and his mom's like, I don't know about this, but he's like, fuck it. I just did Iron Man. Let's do it. But then he brought up the fact that his dad, Robert Downey Sr., used to make a lot of similar in-your-face type social satires. And he brought up one called Putney Swope, which is about a, a black advertising executive who, through the weird power structure and corruption of the, uh, the agency, ends up being the head of the agency. And then all the shit that falls off from that. And so, and so Robert Downey Jr. is basically saying, So that, I, you know, I watch that all the time because I grew up with it, I was on the set. And so to me, it was like, yeah, no big deal. I'm like, that's exactly what you need. That's the right attitude, man.
1: And Scarlett Johansson is in the background going, hey, hey, fuck you, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He also, uh, I saw that same interview and he was like, you know, I did that. And 90% of my black friends thought that's fucking hilarious. And Joe Rogan asks him, what about the other 10%? He just shrugs his shoulders like, "Eh." he's like, well, they're not wrong. He basically (laughs) said, well, they're not wrong either, but that's Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: but yeah but that's the biggest elephant in the room anytime tropic thunder comes up because i told some uh, colleagues at work that that's what we were talking about this week and the and one of them, the first thing he said was is that the blackface movie so that's like it's it's uh, sort of uh way that it's known i think by people that aren't familiar with when it came out and all
0: the hullabaloo that surrounded mm. it <laughs> so you know so i think of it like the people who were upset at birdman because they're like, this is all inside baseball entertainment shit. Yeah. I don't care. This is the other side of it, which is basically inside entertainment. These people are bozos. Yeah,
2: <laughs> basically. It's, it's sort of like the the movie that Robert Altman would have made with the player if he'd have been just
0: l- capable of being funny. Yeah,
2: a little bit more
1: Hollywood. <clears throat> uh, well, you know what it I mean? is the thing that it's making fun of at all times. It's making fun of blackface. And it's blackface. It's making yeah. fun of these <clears throat> Oscar prestige films. overpriced action movies, yes. and, and it's Vietnam. an overpriced action movie. Yeah. So it, it it that's the whole gag. It's like, yeah, we know, guys, we know. Let's laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I think as as Hollywood satires go, it's probably one of the best at skewering the subject that it's taking on, because it does not relent. It sets the ground rules right at the start with those stupid trailers. You're like, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, dumb action movie, Oscar bait performance, and then just fucked up stupid family comedy that's got no business being called a comedy. And then they they tweak it from there. It's like they set it up right from the get-go, and they do not stop. It's just like, at some point, I keep expecting it to lag. And there are moments where it sort of drags now, but it not enough to to scuttle
1: it. And it's still I don't from stem blaster. I was laughing my ass off. It was <laughs> I had a great time at the movies watching Traffic Thunder this week in 2020. Yeah.
2: No, it's still a good time at the movies, don't get me wrong. Uh but yeah. When you when you get into the the simple Jack stuff and they start banning about a word that I will not say because it is just truly offensive to the disabled. But it's from Downey's speech and it's just they keep trotting it out like the N-word uh, like it means nothing. It's like, oh, well oh, they trot out so the N-word too. Yeah. It,
1: it, from a guy in blackface, like yeah. and they call <laughs> so, him out on it.
2: <laughs> so it's but that's the thing, is they, they they have these self-absorbed actors doing all of this and then they have the realization or somebody has the realization and comments on it. So it's not like it's just there to be shucking and jiving and minstrel show. It's literally there to show that, no, this is totally wrong. It's totally stupid. And this is why. And then they, they give the jokes around that.
0: You know, just because you just said it, I got to say, I don't believe retarded people are offended by the word retarded. I think people who are not retarded are offended by the word retarded. Well, you know. I don't think the people who are retarded knew there was something wrong with the word retarded. They had to be told that by the oh, easily offended God. people who are not.
1: <laughs> oh, ah. Earth, always
0: out on a limb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, I, uh, so,
1: I politely yeah, is, disagree with you. doing that thing where he's got his foot in his mouth. He's like, I bet I could put the other foot in there just for a laugh. Yeah. So if you send the hate
2: mail, send it to Eric. Uh, we can't control what falls out of his mouth. Yeah. Don't send the I'm hate mail rechargers. to, magnificently
0: <laughs> to gmail.com. Uh So uh, if- I don't give
2: a shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm right. This is not
0: something that the yeah. people who are- uh, I don't know. Okay, okay, let's try this then. Is it better if, like, when, when I put a metal bowl in the microwave and, 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 you know, like a dummy, is it okay then if I say, boy, I am so learning disabled today? <laughs> is that better? <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think anybody has a problem calling Eric retarded. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, if,
2: if this movie came out today... I mean, well, hey, do you think it would even come out today? Like, do you think that script would just die on somebody's desk? Uh, yes. Twelve years later.
0: Yes. No one would touch yeah. it. Yeah.
2: I don't think. I think it would be a pariah script. I think people would look at it and go, right. "Yeah, okay, it's funny, but there is no fucking way that I'm producing this thing." Yeah. That. That's because like, they
0: go would make think the point video. is all of the offensive stuff, yeah. not the story behind yeah. it.
1: Yeah. They could. They could get away with making it as a cartoon, like a Rick and Morty or something online adult swimmy. I think they could get away with that.
0: I think that's the other thing is that there aren't enough people who are familiar with, you know, b- brittle concepts like irony and you know so no one would make this. Yeah. It's like it's you know, not not that this thing is uh Fellini, but it's too smart for the people who make films these days. Yeah.
1: So if you were gonna make a move a movie making fun of the QAnon Pizzagate rumors, and it starred Kevin Spacey. Like, that's not going to happen at this point. Well, I'll, let me ask you this Is he in blackface?
2: Because, <laughs> I mean, it might Spazzy. have a chance. As as it's funny. <laughs> yeah. If it's funny, sure. Well, but that's the thing <laughs> I is, I think it be, will I mean, be. But I mean, it's easy to get hung up on the whole blackface thing on this one because it is so just up in your grill about it. Uh, but I remember a couple years ago when I had uh, watched Holiday Inn for the first time in forever, and there's literally a whole scene with Bing Crosby singing a number in blackface, and it's jarring. It's just astonishingly awful yeah. that that was even okay. And then you come, you know, to this, Tropic Thunder, and you've got Downey shucking and, I mean, literally doing the shuck and jive accent because that's what a white actor would do when they were portraying somebody of color. And it's so astonishingly insensitive, yet at the same time, it fits so perfectly with what they're trying to say that you kind of just go, okay, yeah, the guy's a
0: jackass. And that's the point. I go, yeah, I go back to uh, the N-word in Roots. It's like, I'm not saying this is Roots either, but it's like, there is a reason this is going on in this, you know, I, I actually, like a couple of years ago, caught one of the original Tom and Jerry's. You know, before they got rid of the... Oh, with the woman. uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. The Aunt Jemima stereotype cat owner. And they were... And I... like, Like a few years ago, they replaced her with sort of a smarter, less stereotypical black woman who, you know... Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, is that necessary?" Well, I saw like the original. I was like, "Yeah, it totally yeah. is. That's just <laughs> gross." Well, that's the with thing. The... Like people that, that re-
1: well, and you're write aimed about this at kids. Yeah, you're right. Tom and Jerry is aimed at kids, so maybe we want to teach them what our current moral standards are. Yeah, this is an R-rated movie. If you can't handle it, you know, piss off. Well,
0: but also, th- <laughs> but again, it's not like they were saying that that uh, you know a white actor in blackface is a good thing, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, we're not saying murder is a good thing when we, you know, depict a murder in a movie. Yeah. There's a reason to do well, that. Well, but also
2: it's just, you know, the movie came out in 2008, so it's, it's 2008 sensibility. It's not like, you know, Birth of a Nation or fucking Al Jolson in The Jazz Singer. I mean, it's not designed to ape the black culture for a white audience and then, you know, make them laugh about it. It's like literally just pointing the finger back at like this self-righteous douchebag thinks that this is a good thing to to do. It's like, no, not on any circumstance. Would this be acceptable?
1: Is there anything other than the black face we still want to cover? (laughs) Uh,
2: Whenever I see Ben Stiller do simple Jack in this, it's, it's also uncomfortable. And then I start thinking about how much I fucking hate Forrest Gump and rain man. Yeah, (laughs) it's like it really, it really draws your attention to. It's like so these guys won Oscars for their performances, and holy fuck!
0: (laughs) Did you notice in the end at the Academy Awards ceremony, and they show the five nominees, and except for Ben Stiller, they're all like in a wheelchair or they're being, you know, (laughs) one of them was Toby. They are all playing a disease from the other movie, but yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, it's just wrong. So yeah, I, it's, there, there's a lot of in your face going on in this one, but it's, I think, all perfectly served by the material, and I think it, it does it yeah. well, and I don't have any problem with it, because it, it literally makes you go, hmm, perhaps not,
0: you know what I mean? So that, yeah, that yeah. to me is good and set I, there. I, And I would not, I guess, belittle anyone's uh, offense or experiences, but there is a reason it's in there, is all I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, It serves a purpose. It's a fun movie.
1: It has its heart in the right place. Definitely check it out. If you haven't seen Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. um, do the thing, people. Do the thing. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do this thing. I'm going to end the show.
0: <laughs> God. <laughs>
1: Good. Because as I was God. saying before, I, I never okay, have that all, discipline. If you, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. Rate it on your podcast app of choice. Help us out. Give us reviews. Help us grow the audience. If you want to send hate mail, don't tweet at us. We are at, at maghuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E, so don't send us hate there. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Facebook, we're the Magnificent Huge Podcast. Please don't send us hate there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. I've never looked up our Instagram handle, so that's why I never say it. Don't, hit, yeah. don't, don't yell at us there, and please don't email us. Yeah, yeah. But definitely the, the, the place, Yeah,
0: the place to give us the hate is to rate us on SoundCloud and Apple. Give us five stars, and we will definitely read your hate.
1: That's true. Okay, you know what? If you do the rating,
0: uh, we might even read your hate on the show. Give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Yeah. With a five star. (laughs) All right. Tell your friends. Tell your friends how much you hate this show. Until next (laughs) time,
1: back off, motherfucker. You don't know me like that. (laughs)